You're listening to Arsenal Pass, a flesh and blood podcast for players by players. And all about strategy, leveling up, and the latest news in the world of Wraith. Welcome to Arsenal Pass. Welcome back, everyone, to Arsenal Pass, episode 130. And this week, we'll be talking about the recent pre-release weekend of Bright Lights, answering those hard questions. What is the best hero? Is it Tekla Voss? And do you need to open Evos to win? Is it actually 40-card minimum, etc.? But Hayden, first, how was your personal pre-release uh, for Bright Lights? How many did you get to play, and how did you go? Um, I played two pre-release events over the weekend. Played one on the Friday evening and then another on Sunday. So I've been, as you can see from the climbing frame in the background, I've been uh, moving. So <laughs> I moved on Saturday. Well, have been moving over the week, but yeah, I got to play two pre-release events. Um, well, as we know, the pre-release record is the be-all and end-all of what makes you a premier flesh and blood player. There's Prince. only so, one um, record to which you can publicly post to Twitter, and that is undefeated. <clears throat> exactly. Well, I went seven one, so I, I clearly can't post nope. on Twitter. So don't I'll, talk I'll, about I'll, it. I'll don't sure say that. Not, <laughs> I'll make sure to not. The first rule of not xoing is uh, don't talk about it. <laughs> Second rule of not exiting is don't talk about it, Brendan. Um, yeah, so I, I had a lot of fun. I, I think, you know, when we did the set review last week, it got me really amped up for finally playing some limited. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super excited to play draft. That's probably my number one thing I'm super excited about just because that's the format that we're going to play a majority of. Uh, but sealed is relevant and there is some sealed events coming up this year or potential sealed events coming up this year, uh, depending on where you land on days at events. But yeah, I played i think it's played dash i really really wanted to play dash at the pre-release weekend um i had a couple of friends who had opened up enough like items and, and played dash decks and and had good sort of fun and some good results <laughs> uh, i ended up playing teclavosan on the friday and then max on the sunday but honestly like i feel like my teclavosan deck like had i maybe understood the format a little bit it could have probably been a dash deck at a stretch and then my deck on sunday was probably maybe a tickler boss and deck but uh, i really wanted to play play max and try out some different strategies uh, which we'll talk about around um fatigue and people's discussion around tickler boss and being tickler daddy in this format mm. anyway how was your pre-release so i played two as well um my first pre-release was i opened a max deck which means that i did not open evos and i did not open um enough items or good items to play dash so dash really wasn't on the table for that deck and then um yeah it just looked like a max deck at that point maybe it could have been a tekla Vossen deck in the end but i played max uh my first match was against a absolutely busted tekla Vossen deck and that was the first match i played the format so my sort of initial <laughs> impression of the format was just getting railed by turn four um three evos out already you know already charging up the weapon soon the fourth evo came out you had four unique slots and i was just like wow this is trash and then i proceeded to actually play against you know other recently powered decks and um it was okay max was max was okay i didn't find max to be particularly enjoyable to play i think i would have been rather than playing the tech of Lawson. i did try out 30 card um just like play my best cards 30 card uh in my last match and uh i did get fatigued but to be fair, I absolutely misweakened a turn. It was a small mistake, but that's enough when you kind of work on those razor thin margins and you're trying to beat something like a fatigue strategy. Um, 
But yeah, I was playing that max deck. So my second pre-release, I opened an absolutely busted Tekla Vossen deck. So I had six Evos and I had the four unique slots. So I was abs- it was ridiculous. It didn't feel very fair, to be honest. I was doing exactly what my opponent did to me in that first round, which is you know boosting away my my Evos and playing them out of Banish Zone, blocking with them, scrapping them. It was just that strategy just felt super, super powerful. So second deck felt good. First deck felt medium and i definitely could have gone 2-1 with the first deck but i went 1-2 and i think that part of that was due to the misplay and also just experimenting with different card counts because you know when i first walked up to pre-release i was just like okay so 40 card minimum and everybody was like yes absolutely 40 card minimum we played before don't even consider it and then i was talking with you all in the group chat and you're like no maybe it's like 36 38 so i was like you know what i'm just gonna i'm gonna get the the data point. I'm going to play 30 and see how that the feels. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to play the minimum, see how it feels. Uh, so I was just testing around. I mean, that's what pre-release is for, ultimately. But yeah, I think it's a cool set. I really like the the Evo mechanic. Um, mm-hmm. It's just really cool because Flesh and Blood is a game where I think that Flesh and Blood's greatest strength is its resource system, um, the attack values, the block value, and how it's also balanced. But I also think that it's its greatest weakness as well in terms of design because it kind of limits where we can go and kind of where design yeah. could go. And, you know, the team continually impresses me with sort of where they're able to search the boundaries and Evos are an expression of that. They're like a new way to sort of interact with the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I do like the the Evos and I think I really like the interaction limited of being both, which we did initially miss when we spoke about this last week. Um, but, you know, both being equipment and actions or instance depending on what it is but basically you know how they play into overpower when blocking from hand so if you do have a deck chock full of them but also what that means for not being able to just basically i guess the, the power level of cards like overpower and also i think the power level of cards like items which i think i definitely kind of missed in our set review just how this format would actually play out and i, I definitely felt that on friday with my first pre-release was a bit surprised at kind of just the strength of some items in particular mm-hmm. um and then also just kind of how you can really set up game states to utilize either overpower or potentially punish evos in a certain way um i, I don't know i just i definitely feel like i learned a lot across the weekend as to the kind of interaction of of evos their power level and don't get me wrong like i think you know you open like a really good tickle of awesome deck like it is very very good but i also felt the same about like a couple of dash decks I saw, I think it's harder to because you need more specific items as opposed to just any number of particular Evos um, or sorry, less specific Evos. And then on the Max side, I don't know, I really enjoyed playing Max on Sunday. I thought the play patterns were kind of interesting. I think I watched people on Friday play Max and I felt like I learned like what not to do. <laughs> I saw people like just boosting and like then activating the ability as opposed to like on Sunday, I, felt, I think I had like eight like reasonable items in my deck or eight or nine reasonable items and was just utilizing like crank a lot more and, and sort of powering, powering it out that way. So um, I really like the play patterns with Max. I thought it was quite interesting and I really like Banksy. I think it's such a cool a cool weapon. And if you can interact with the weapon in ways to buff it and pump it and start to get value off crank, there's some there's some really crazy stuff you can do, especially setting up some really big setup turns to, to punish people who are actively trying to fatigue in this format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um I definitely think that the crank items are pretty critical to to max decks. Uh, what what items in particular did you find to sort of exceed your initial ev- evaluation of them? Like which ones stood out for you? Uh I mean, you're right, definitely the 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 crank items. I was actually going back through our list from from last week. Um I think in particular one that we got quite wrong was uh like the backup protocols. I think 
those where he gave like a D grade, I think, to or like a like a C minus. And I think those are like very, very good and very important, especially for Dash, but also for uh also for Max and even to a to a degree Tickle Boss. And, you know, I think there is there is definitely more of an element of fatigue than an I maybe thought like slightly less. I knew there was going to be an element of fatigue because there's a lot of three blocks. It's a mix hit. They're limiting the card, the card limit to forty <laughs> yeah. for a reason. They signposted. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I think these these ways to power back out your best overpower cards, uh, ways to get back particularly important cards in turn sequences, or just get crank and then use the value of your extra resource to get like a one cost back or a zero cost back, and still be able to do things like um, attack with Banksy, for instance, and Max. <laughs> those those were some of the ones that stood out for me. And then I think the in Dash in particular, like the loop items, fuel injector, med kit, mm-hmm. and steam canister. Mostly steam canister. Steam canister is a pretty crazy card that you can do some pretty nut stuff with uh, because of the crank interaction. And some of these crank items are are really powerful. Whether it's you know cards like penetration script, for instance. So um, or even even the red script when you set it up with overpower. The um, I forgot the name of it. The one the one that gives overpower uh, is, is really good. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that overall my impression of items on the weekend is. Uh, I think we definitely we definitely rated some low, but I still found them to be uh, a little bit weak in the sense that I feel like Max and Dash jump through hoops to obtain power level, where Tekla Vossen sort of free rolls it with the Evos. Um, I think that Evos having the modality of being able to be boosted, uh, being able to be blocked with and then scrapped for an additional benefit, and still being able to be played out of hand, just gave them a lot more flexibility than the other strategies, um, especially Dash. I think, you know, because Dash is also punished with the 18 life total. Um, and you know, runs the risk of running those items in the deck, having two in hand, and then suffering a lot of damage on turns where they maybe get a bit unlucky. Um, I just feel like Tekla Vossen didn't have a lot of downside, um, but definitely variable on how many Evos you open. Uh, I, mm. I felt that the hero was a cut above when it opened uh, a critical mass of Evos and could equip three to four in a game. It felt very, very powerful to me. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I mean, I think that's always going to be the case, right? I think... I think... I'm interested to see how Draft plays out. Yeah. I think in Sealed, you know, I think it's perfectly fine to have a hero that is kind of like semi the default we we have another seal formats before mm-hmm. and i think it's nice that when you open seal pools that can support the other heroes that you feel empowered and, and able to play those i would say that max and dash my kind of takeaway is that they have more complicated play patterns they have i think there is more deck building decisions with those heroes than there is with with tickle Vossen. um and i think it's week one or not even it's week zero of the format right and the pre-release weekend and i think that potentially takes time for for people to you know, um, master and, and get their head around. And I definitely felt by the end of the weekend that, you know, there's still, I still have a lot to learn about how I would build particularly Dash and get to play with it. But even Max, mm. like after my, I was continually changing my Max deck on Sunday. I, I had about sort of 46 cards that I thought could have been in the deck. Um, you know, it was fluctuating between like 37 to 40 and, and just changing out cards quite a lot. So yeah, I, I still think there's a lot to learn. I think the items, uh, I just going back, I just think the items are su- very surprising actually and i think there's a lot of ones that i want to revisit and their interaction in 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 limited i think yeah interesting so i found myself uh i i found myself not making what i would describe as not making any deck building decisions and building tackle Vossen. it felt like uh crack shuffle play take out yellows take out uh, a lot of the items and that was sort of the deck and you land where you land with the evos max felt a bit i 
felt similar to me, but I guess wasn't in execution. Cause like I said, I was taking cards in and out. I was uh, changing card count, etc. but did still feel like when I came down to cutting cards, I was looking directly at the yellow slot. Like what yellows can I take out of my deck? Um, and then usually what items that don't have crank, what I, what I want to be taking out here. That sort of, it felt like, I want to ask you a core question of this format, which is, do you feel that this format is 40 card minimum? Um, you know, the actual rules of it, by the way, if you're not aware, or is 30 card minimum, 40 card maximum. But the sort of meme on the weekend, which is obviously, uh, you know, early impressions is 40 card minimum or close to that. How do you feel about deck count in, in the format? And do you think that it is cor- more correct than not to usually be playing 40 cards? I don't know if it's more correct. I think that's going to be something we have to discover as the format goes on. This is What I will say is that I think right now, if you're playing the sealed format and you know, we're learning and developing kind of the strategies and and approach to it. I think your default should be 40 cards. I think that's where you should start. But I think you should not play bad cards in your deck. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that that is true. And I think there's some cards, you know, that I was like, oh, you know, on the surface of it. Like, for instance, I had Teclavossin, right, on on Friday. And I'm like, ah, Red Hyperdriver, what a card, right? This card seems so good in this format. Card sucks in Teclavossin. Like, it's so, you know, you're you're spending your your action points and your, your time of setup to either put on some pressure to take mm-hmm. cards from them so you can you can trade up on cards right and you can boost and scrap or you're putting evos into play and then attacking with your weapons so and trying to get to a particular game state where you can like it, it has this like start empty it's like the opposite of fab right tickle boss and he's like start empty end full right with with the kind of evo power in your and your tickle leveler so you know a card like hyperdrive for instance amazing in max you know really really strong in dash but not good in tickle boss in, in in my view yeah so I, I think it's all those like that's why I think there is like people saying you know, there's no deck building decisions in this format. I, I I think that's not true. And to be fair, my understanding is that's like a, a minority have kind of been a bit want a bit of term shitting on the format so far. Um, not been my experience. You know, everyone's got different experiences when it comes to the pre-release weekend and their matches go differently. And you know, I played like my first three games and I was like, oh, this this format looks really cool and super interesting. And I immediately just wanted to play as much of each of the heroes as I could. Um, and I know not everyone had that experience in the weekend, so it's going to be individualistic, right? Like, no one's going to walk away from any pre-release weekend and be like, ah, oh, love this game, love this set, had a great experience. Because, first of all, some people are going to lose. Second of all, some people are going to open, like, nothing of value, potentially. People are giving enough credit <laughs> to the, uh, the whole how losing affects their impression of the format. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> third, I think, is also, I mean, hey, we, we know that winning and fun you know card games directly correlated usually <laughs> exclusive <laughs> um i've lost my point right i i guess you know the kind of deep decision thing i just yeah i i think if you're going to go back to 40 cards i think your default is 40 cards you know take out your bad cards take out cards so for instance like in max i felt like more i wanted closer to 40 i was looking at people's dash decks and i was like and again i haven't played dash i'm only observing yeah. from the other side yeah yeah i was like I feel like I want slightly less cards to increase the density of my like item hits. And I have this kind of in-game loop to kind of manage against fatigue with, you know, something like a canister, for instance, if I have that rare. So maybe I'm more on like 36 cards. My Tick of Austin deck, I was playing like 36, 37. And like people with 40, like, you know, they, they were they were fatiguing before me because they just had worse cards in the deck, for instance, if it, if it came down to, to fatigue, yeah. if they were like blocking out a lot. Now, so It's funny how uh, biased the different pools are towards cards that overperformed you. So some cards that overperformed for me, and these are like, these cards are kind of win more, I guess, are the Evo upgrade cards. 
dude, I did some seriously unfair stuff oh. with Evo upgrade cards, both yeah. with heavy artillery and liquid cooled uh, mayhem. You had heavy artillery. I mean, yeah, that, that's a rare for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That card is so good. And uh, well, liquid cooled mayhem was really doing the also more rare. unfair stuff because <laughs> I was casting it for zero, uh, zero for six and blocks yeah. three pretty good um yeah so those cards were insane for me but they go hand in hand with like already having evos which i think it's really good the, the fundamental of the format for me and why i sort of side on tekla Vossen being um the most powerful deck uh even after sort of trying to have like a bit of a retrospective think with yours i feel like dash and max nitro jump through hoops for power and i feel like tekla Vossen does not like tekla Vossen just inherently has power and is getting a sort of I don't know, a somewhat free roll on these Evos because they can be banished. Be- and by the way, we'll talk about the strategies for each hero, but I think that a lot of people are playing Tekla Vossen incorrectly. Like, I think this idea that you play 40 cards and try to fatigue people with Tekla Vossen by playing defensively is absolutely incorrect. Like, in Tekla Vossen is more of a mid range to aggressive deck because of the way those Evos interact with scrapping them from graveyard playing them out of Banish Zone, boosting them away, playing from Banish Zone. That- those are the most powerful things you can do is when you get that card for free. Um, but yeah, the evil upgrade cards were absolutely disgusting for me. I also had a mechanical strength as well. It was just like, ugh, it was nuts. Also rare. Yeah, also rare. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had a good pool. Yeah. I had a really good pool. Um, which, you know, I, to be fair, I was on the, I was on the other side of that in my first game. Um, yeah. On the weekend. Yeah. You, you felt it and then you, you got it. Look, I, I will not disagree. I think, you know, Evo upgrade, Evo's very, very powerful. Uh, I will disagree a little bit on i guess like take the loss and just like net you know not having to jump through hoops i mean your weapon starts and it does literally zero right Mm -hmm. so if you don't see an evo in the first couple of turns you you do have to be on like like defensive duty and you it's really hard for you to gain value like yeah you can do some boosting but if you get too low in life and then you can't play evos your deck kind of doesn't function the way it needs to so i i think there is kind of some balance there and yes you know i think if people aren't able to punish you for taking turns off to play Evos, I think there's a flip side of that. Like, I'm just going to play Devil's Advocate a little bit. I don't completely disagree with you on, like, Tickle Lawson's power mm-hmm. in this format. I, I also don't completely agree. I'm I'm not as far along as you are. Definitely not as far along as some others are. But, for instance, like, if you flip into Tickle Lawson and you know this is the kind of strategy is people are going to try and trade value early, get their Evos into play, and keep their life total a reasonable amount so that they can kind of take over the late game and late game, and you present 40 cards and don't build your deck to be able to present big turns and punish them then you're probably going to lose that but that's just bad that's just bad deck building and a, a, a bad fundamental approach to the game if i like when i flipped max into tech Lawson, like i was going down a couple of cards and i was making sure that like my priority in the game was like setting up you know like a boom grenade that they couldn't block for instance or uh setting up like uh, a hadron collider and passing and then moving into like a a, a 20 damage turn to punish mm-hmm. them because if they're gonna if they're gonna take turns off to you know play or you know take two cards off from their hand and defending to play evos like i want to be able to punish that and obviously yes they can just flip out like on turn three i think i had four evos as tickle boss in, in in one game right and obviously that's disgusting <laughs> you know like that is going to happen good. um but i think there is a flip side to it which is you know there is play to other heroes and i think people are overlooking that that's yeah kind of all i want to point I think out I have to give moment. some credence to like uh I, I I don't have hands-on experience with like a mid Tekla Vossen deck. It was just kind of a bust. So I, for instance, <laughs> like not. I never, what, the way you described taking turns all to play Evos, that never occurred to me. I was always doing busted shit and playing Evos yeah, in the same turn. Boosting, uh, scrapping, Evo. Exactly, yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly. Never actually lost tempo to play an Evo, which is where I think they're the most powerful, but obviously that, you know, that leads into you having a lot of them. Um, but 
Yeah, the Tekla Vossen deck. I would be interested to see. You know, there's a dichotomy between like what is a mid-level Tekla Vossen deck and why is that not a Mex Nitro deck? Like when are those? Like when does that shift? Like when do you go from this sort of bad Tekla Vossen deck and become a yeah, max deck or become Nitro. a dash deck? Because I don't think that just opening four packs and absolutely forcing Tekla Vossen no matter what is correct. Which in the past, in some sealed formats, people have tried to do that with heroes like Prism, for instance, or like Briar, for instance. Like if we go back to Tales of Aria, I mean, people can shit on this format all they want, but if we go back to other sealed formats, yeah. um. If you think that Tekla Vossen is forcible, default, not a lot of deck building decisions, let me take you back to Tales of Aria. <laughs> Tales of Aria Those shield. formats were much worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that format was like actively often correct. Like yeah. I would say, this is, I'm just going to put a number on it. I think probably 50% of pools should probably be Tekla Vossen pools. It's probably around where I think it is at the moment. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know next week if I think that's still true. And then I think right now, though, people are like 75, 80% Tekla Vossen. Well, at least in the Twitter circles, right? And obviously that's a lot more of a... um specific kind of uh what's the word i'm looking for when you know there's a lot of discussion <laughs> it's an echo chamber a little bit right so um i want to point out like some cards quickly i know we're going to talk about cards and, yeah. and heroes and archetypes and stuff and draft and kind of limited overall but for instance like some people were pointing out you know like the boost card and saying oh these cards are really similar you know they don't necessarily do a lot in the format and then you know i'm playing a tick tick and i just play lay waste and my opponent's like wait what and i'm like yeah, this card says can't be defended by equipment. They're like, oh, but I, you know, I want to block with my Evos and also I have another in my hand. Well, yeah. oh, that's a piece of equipment. <laughs> Bad luck. Yeah. I, I actually anyway. never, I, I didn't encounter a scenario where that text was uh, relevant to me. I think it's because I, my tech of Boston deck was broken. You just, and my, you just yeah. pounded on them? Yeah, I wasn't blocking. I don't know how much I was blocking. It's just like, oh, I hate you for 15 because uh, this is a zero for six go. Um, but yeah i did you know in my max deck it was it didn't end up becoming relevant because like i said i got it kind of got destroyed then i played someone yeah. on dash io and then i got fatigued but um you know speaking of evasion uh that uh heavy artillery baby that's a good that card is, holy shit man that card is Ridiculous. so good it's just like oh i play this card i i win the game five evos i want to ask you um in terms of the sort of macro of how this format plays out i know that the pervasive word that exists on twitter and i think in a lot of circles is fatigue how do you feel that fatigue plays into the format do you think it is a primary strategy of the format do you think that most games go to fatigue um or do you feel like you know fatigue is being overhyped and it's a bit of a misconception when it comes to bright uh, bright lights seal it's an interesting one because it, i don't think uh standard fatigue is a strategy and we talked about and outsiders limited a lot about fatigue by damage and mm. this format has a very kind of similar element to it and it really comes down to games will end in fatigue is it a reasonable primary strategy i don't particularly think so i think that's going to open the door to playing if you have that mindset of playing bad cards and defending in bad ways and taking poor value and you'll probably end up getting fatigued because most people are going to play 40 cards like we just talked about right i think that's going to be default so if you if you hit into the game plan of like i'm going to fatigue by blocking you're probably going to fatigue if you hit into the game plan of like i'm going to trade value and get mm -hmm. the most out of this game and your opponent you and your opponent are also blocking really efficiently to keep life totals high then the game will often go to fatigue i think especially in tickler boss and mirrors um as well as well as some others like max versus Ticklo or whatever it is even dash etc 
Um, so I don't think it's necessarily like the default or a, a good primary strategy. It's a result of the game happening and of people playing in efficient ways in the game. Now there is things outside that we just talked about, right? Which is this idea of like setting up turns, using items, because like putting items into play, you can effectively play six, seven card hands, right? So if you can do that and get value out of them, then, then great. You know, you can play six, seven card hands. You can break the average value of turns because it is quite hard to break the average damage value in this format actually despite having boost and all this it's actually quite hard you need a lot of red boost cards for instance to be able to do that and you need a lot of the really efficient ones to be able to do that for instance if you have a blue and then three of the reds that cost one that attack for four that's still only 12 damage right so you that you're not breaking the cycle there the way you break cycle exactly the way you break cycle is with the well fight unit five cards obviously can go above that but the way you break the cycle is with items it's with um you know these like evo upgrade cards it's obviously with evos themselves that's why people go to it it's by utilizing turns that utilize your weapon you know blocking with two cards using two cards to come back for six and then you know pushing more damage from arsenal for instance so i yeah i get i think just going back to i don't think it's like the default strategy i i think it's not even necessarily a reasonable strategy to just be like hard blocking fatigue but i think fatigue is a result of the format Mm. and it will happen uh, still a reasonable amount for sure yeah i think a a word i would use to describe it as a fallacy right where like fatigue is happening it's it's a big part of a lot of the games but if you go into bright light seal assuming that you're going to fatigue people as a primary strategy where you're assuming you're going to block them out like i just think that you're not going to beat most competent players um the fatigue in this format is similar to the fatigue in outsiders where it's just fatigued by damage and blocking right i mean like you said i mean i don't know if flesh and blood is just going to be like this moving forward because it's part of just the player base getting better and i feel like this sort of um this cognizant sort of elevation of the player base but this exchange just exchange of value right that just goes on through the game it's like if you just outvalue your opponent throughout the game mm-hmm. you probably win um that just kind of feels like that's how sealed plays out even like with the tech of that's why tech of is so powerful is because evos represent value that sort of ex- yep. exceed the, cur- the standard curve of like normal hands um but yeah so fatigue that's yeah that's fat- actually true like that's so true though like that is what it is right it's like sealed is probably the most fundamental damage trading mm-hmm. format in flesh and blood right so the default is to do that and some decks will have the capability to go outside of that and play more atypical turns right but you have to that's harder work one yeah, you have to have harder. different cards particularly for it uh and you know it's not always going to go your way because the consistency of the cards might not fall so it's yeah it's such an interesting one i think I think that that is just going to be like um, how most flesh and blood sets will play out. I mean, like we talked, it's just it's core to the design of flesh and blood. It's why the game is so good when you initially play it. But like, it does limit the. Uh, I don't know if it's it's definitely not the micro play patterns like turn to turn, but it's like the the macro right where it really is like if you're playing a forty card deck, even a thirty card deck, you know, over the over X turns or N turns, if you exceed X quantitative or Y quantitative point of your opponent consistently like you should just win that game like you will just win that game they'll run out of cards if you're playing equal cards they will die by damage because if you start at the same life etc and like sealed just is a great expression of that um and yeah again that that's why i default on teclavosin with the evos is because we're just breaking that curve a bit by banishing evos and playing them for free or scrapping right like junkyard dog like what the like i just blocked with my evo now i junkyard dog it i, I two for two card seven and then i play it at a banish sound it's just it's crazy um i have some questions for you mm-hmm. about the format i guess my my first thing is 
before we jump into, I guess, just limited overall, because I, I want to take a step back, do a bit of a, a re-review of kind of our top level analysis of um, the cards and the format. We're not going to go through every card, but just kind of our general view on the cards. I know I already talked about items mm-hmm. and I have some questions for you about the feel of the format. And then we can talk about draft. Is there anything else that you kind of want to take a step back on this week? Uh, look at, I mean, I do just want to quickly plug Taipei and Dallas are both coming up callings mm-hmm. uh taipei is next weekend it's the weekend so releases this weekend coming super excited to get my hands i'm um, doing some drafting playing some class constructed taipei is next weekend i'll be mm-hmm. there dallas is the following weekend which you will be there mm. you were supposed to be there <laughs> i it doesn't look like i'm gonna make it now i there's still a slim chance i get to dallas i'm gonna i'm gonna try but it's um work is not uh it's hard at the moment mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm. So, uh, what, so what was your question for me? And in, in some just anything else to anything else to add, or that you want to talk about before we kind of go really deep on Bright Lights Limited and we get tunnel visioned and probably don't talk about anything else for the rest of the uh, episode. Yeah, um, I think I've said it a few times already in this podcast, which is, I think in a in a format like this, like while Dash IO and Max are fully competent heroes, fully capable of going undefeated at your pre-release and you're posting on Twitter, etc. Um, I just think that the default deck, and we could talk about like 50% played or maybe a little bit more, um, is probably Teclavossen because Teclavossen, in my opinion, with the correct supporting cards, whether it's opening Evos, opening cards that allow you to scrap, um, boosting you know relevant boost cards so you can boost those evos into banish zone i find that tech is just not jumping through nearly as many hoops to attain power and it's almost it's just it kind of just happens by playing out a normal game plan i think that the incorrect thing to do with Teclavasen is to play 40 cards and assume you're just going to block all the time you're going to play your evo out of hand take turns off like that strategy is just so bad. <laughs> like you should be just yeah. boosting, blocking the two cards, boosting a bid, playing the Evo for free out of your banish zone, playing a two for seven, scrapping it, then playing it out of your banish zone. And then you're assembling like this Exodia and your equipment. Now your, now your weapon is a one for three. Maybe it's even a one for three to go again. Now you're doing, you know, one for three plus threat as you get into the late game. Like that, I think is the most just sort of base powerful strategy. And if you're looking, yeah. if like, if you're, if you're looking to go play sealed and you're like, what's well, an easier way to win? I think that if you've opened the crash cards, just that's all you got to do. So basically, I went to the first pre-release with my partner, and she hasn't played Flesh and Blood in years. And the cards are the cards are aesthetically and uh, the way they're written, they're very complex. But I I put the cards in front of her. I said, you block with two cards, you play out one card, um, then you're gonna you're gonna block with these Evo cards, or you're gonna boost them, and then you're gonna scrap them, and then you're just gonna play them. That's all you're gonna do, uh, and you will just win the game. And like that that is what that is a good sort of Pareto on the format. The like the eighty twenty competency is like literally just play the for, like the Tekla Vossen deck and get value out of the Evos, and you will beat most decks because most. Uh, I mean, we'll see as the format grows and matures, but most decks on pre release, hmm. um, like you talked about, were built very inefficiently, very badly. Like people didn't really have their their game plans at the forefront of like why they built their deck. You know, what are they trying to do? They just sort of get this inkling that fatigue is a thing. Uh, deck of Austin is good. Dash, you know, items. You know, they kind of just default to these strategies that aren't very yeah. linear um, and sort of concentrated. Yeah. Um, by the way, check that one off your uh, bingo card. Oh God, it's probably a lot. <laughs> 80, 20, baby. 80, 20. Um, yeah. And it just it just comes down to you play fundamental flesh and blood yeah. for those first few turns of the game, and like I I think you pointed out exactly how you should play a tickle boss in this format. Yeah, fundamental card games actually. It's a 
Yeah, I've just been I've been going through this phase uh, now, being exposed to a lot more card games. The card games are actually like uh, they have this false sense of narrative and context that exists on the board in your hand and your deck, um, and you know all this narrative that is weaved through the card design, the art. The, but the actual thing that the only thing that matters is just value, right? Just out two for oneing your opponent, out damaging them, and something like flesh and blood, and like you will just win a vast majority of the games if you focus on the the strict fundamentals of just outvaluing your opponent. Like context almost yeah. is completely irrelevant, or almost. That's you know, kind of a misnomer, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I want to give uh, you've given a bit of a a cheat sheet on building tickle boss in the sealed. I want to do the same for yeah, Max and Data Doll quickly. Um, I just want to make a <laughs> Data Doll. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Data doll for intellect, I wish. Um, but just quickly before we jump into that, uh, Brendan, do you know the Living Legend format Format. is returning for Worlds? Yeah. Is there a ban list? I So they've just they've just published an article. I hadn't seen it. Obviously, we knew because they dropped an event on the event page saying it's coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like all adult hero signature weapons are legal. They're kicking off with an empty ban list so you can harness the limitless power of your deck. Um, <laughs> they even say tap into the true power of rune chance and bloodsteath scalata. Well, um so i'll tell you what the most deck is <laughs> it's you can literally go net deck or chain deck um from like the calling no Davis. no 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 that's better than this no. deck certainly no i don't think it is it i is. don't think it is 100 it definitely wouldn't my, my chain deck wouldn't look like that it might lose to starvo but uh no i think it's yeah i guess there's maybe yeah, some awake, additions awakening but... awakening's legal man fuck that card man have you seen sonata new the new sonata yeah uh so you think you let's just hey let's go on a tangent because it's fun what what hero do you think you'd be playing in that format if you played? Well, funny you ask that. I think we're going to try and record some gameplay of uh, Living Legend the format. Living Legend format. Yeah, yeah, I think that's on the cards. So, uh, I mean, I've got to play. Like, I want to play Viscerai. Like, obviously, you know, like being a Viscerai guy, that's where I want to. I want to go. I want to, I want to play some Viscerai um, with Scalata, obviously. I think Awakening is super powerful, right? I I wonder if. You know, yeah, I mean, I think Starvo Awakening is also really powerful. Um, Briar with Ball Lightning, obviously, has the errata still. I don't think it beats Starvo, to be honest. I think that Starvo... Starvo with Ball Lightning? Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. But Starvo um, Starvo is an interesting addition to the game because uh, even for things like... I know Chain Chain actually won the Pro Tour that Starvo was, uh, you know, in Pro Tour number one. Mm. Uh, But... The thing that Starvo does is it really derails a lot of those aggressive decks because it's not only is it hitting you for a shitload of damage, and pardon my French, but it's also disrupting you with Spinal Crush and like, you know, Discard 2, and it, it's it's tough to play a deck. But I still think the chain, like the chain deck that we used to play, you know, because you do keep the one or two resource cards in hand and you uh, banish the three, four cards. It could still be powerful, but uh, I think Starvo will probably be the best deck. That being said, I mean, Starvo has a bad matchup in the Prism. It, the Living Legend format is, uh, it's interesting, actually. It's a really interesting format. Yeah, Starvo's matchup with the Prism isn't that bad. I, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting one. Uh, I think my eyes are definitely on Viserai. I would like to play a little bit of Prism again, um, probably for about three games, and then throw that away. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would like to revisit Starvo like through the lens of 
current flesh and blood and also some of the cards that we have yeah. access to. So, one thing one thing I'll yeah. say is if you're playing Prism into Starvo and you do find that they have in any percent chance to beat you, um, you can add a card called Library of Solana to your deck and um, <laughs> they will concede on the spot. <laughs> it is that card is so freaking unbeatable for Starvo. It's hilarious. Uh, we tested we tested this a lot with uh, me and Michael Hamilton actually back in the day because Michael Hamilton was basically the only Starvo that had been kind of beating me on Prism. I was just like, how the fuck is he doing this? It was before I knew Michael <laughs> Michael Hamilton was the phenom that he is. Um, so I added in Library Solana, and yeah, that card is the. Uh, this is the the what what is that slot called? What is that slot? The Fable. Yeah, the Fable, right? Yeah, that card is like auto-concede for, for Starvo if yeah. you need any equity. One sideboard card's crazy. Well, I'm definitely excited to play a bit of Living Legend. I'm hoping it's going to be at some LGSs near me and I can go and try out some Living Legend format. Um, excited to see what people... It's Because this is kind of like almost like underground format, right? Like it's not one that's going to get a lot of attention because it's not big events. There's obviously this event at Worlds. Um, oh, it's going to get attention, you know, I think, actually. Well, it I, will I, get attention, but I, I just don't know if it's... You know, it's not going to be as refined and... It's as mm. because the first event is this is this battle hardened at worlds, right? Yeah. So I don't know if stores can even run Living Legend before that, but like I mean, I want to play some Living Legend. So yeah, Living Legend format is just the antithesis of the modern or the current flesh the current age of flesh and blood. Like we like the heroes that are in Living Legend are so absurdly beyond the power level of what currently goes on in flesh and blood. I mean, Lexi is pretty strong, but yeah, like we don't do stuff like Starvo or Chain or Prism anymore, or even Viscerai with Scalata. Like that stuff just does not happen in the game anymore. So I actually think that I think that Living Legend format will excite a lot of people because even people that didn't play back then, and I know that some of those heroes are pretty recent, they've heard the murmurs, right? They've heard about the the chain, chain. decks and the Starvo decks and they, they, those Seeds are, of agonies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Those, those cards are crazy. Yeah. Personally, those are those are some of my favorite cards in Flesh and Blood. I think Starvo is a giant pile of garbage, but outside of that, I mean, a lot, Living Legend has a lot of my favorite heroes and cards. Yep. Uh, just lastly, quickly, ProQuest Season 4, if you are in Australia, I guess, because only because we have two callings, <laughs> well, like not access to two callings close to us, but anyway, Australia starts next weekend, uh, October 14th, everyone else is October 21st to November 5th, uh, good luck at ProQuest Season, it's a mix of draft and class constructed i'm gonna try and play uh, there's i think there's one draft one i can play brandon one class constructed are you are you heading out for pro quest season four you me in stores playing uh i will not but there's there's definitely a reason for that which we'll talk about later <laughs> okay a, yeah sure. there's a i don't know i just can't i mean obviously you can probably assume why but uh probably i mean i might make it out if there's like a local store but i'm not gonna be grinding and traveling for it uh yeah, for a reason you could. We don't know what assume. this Pro Quest season is qualifying for, but it will be for the first Pro Tour of next year. So, mm -hmm. uh, very exciting. All right, I want to quickly talk about Max and my experience with Max, and I think kind of you know you talked about little cheat sheet on building yourself a Teclo Daddy. You want to build yourself a Max. Uh, I think the first thing that you're looking for is you look to your red boost cards. Obviously, you need some power here. You're looking for specifically what your red boost cards are though so i think people have looked and just been like i have x amount of red boost cards i'm gonna play max i think you're looking for a combination of some of particular red boost cards uh some particular items as well which we'll talk about especially ones that say crank on them and then you are looking for the pumps actually like pumps are really good as well <clears throat> and then you're looking for like some ways to win the game so a couple of overpower cards 
uh, a great ways to win the game, especially when you combine them with pumps. Um, you know, backup protocol red, for instance, is a crank item that can also get you back a win condition, or even the yellow if it's a yellow overpower card. Um, so these are kind of the cards I'm looking for. I mean, hyperdrive is obviously really good. In terms of when it comes to like the red um boost cards that you're looking for like you are looking for these cards that particularly interact with equipment or go back to the bottom of your deck so mm-hmm. underloop overloop uh very good panel beater fender bender these are the ones that get plus x attack for each equipment defending it um and then also lay waste which is the card that can't be defended by equipment these cards are, and outpace sorry that's this that's the one cost versus the two cost these cards are particularly very good in max especially when you're dealing with with Teklavosin. A lot of the time you'll see cards like Expedite and, and Medex and um, Dumpster Dive, etc. These cards are definitely better in Dash, for instance. You So there, there is, these boost cards all have slightly different better homes, I think, mm-hmm. because they're all kind of on rate. You know, you're, yes, you're paying, let's, let's look at Dumpster Dive, for instance. It's a one fourth boost. And if an item or equipment was banished from boosting, it gets plus one. So at base, it's like a one for four. And in some decks, it's going to be a one for five, right? If it's a one for four and you're spending... A one for four go again and you're also losing a card from your deck like that is that is on rate like that card is not those cards aren't gonna a combination of all these boost cards at one for four are not going to win you the game you need other cards so i think just recognizing how important certain boost cards are in decks is is really important um and then i think the other thing you're then looking at uh also overall just like cards like big bertha and gas guzzler and um some of these higher damage uh boost cards are really good Mm-hmm. jumpstart obviously really really good max for the other red boost cards you're looking for and then you're looking for some of these pumps so cards like gigawatt gas up the ones that interact with gigawatt. uh particular particularly the one well it works on your weapon which is fantastic because yes. pumping your so weapon good. is great so, such a good break, uh, break point for it but um also the ones that interact with hyperdrivers are great uh and then items I want to talk about crank items that i think you should be looking for so uh, i talked about Backup protocol red. I think that's a good way to get back some of your win conditions. Um, I'm not going to talk about rares because most of the rares are just good, but like a card like Soup Up is really good in max. All the uh, gets a buff if an item's been destroyed because you can destroy hyperdrivers so easily. They're all really good. Um, but yeah, items, hyperdriver. Uh, I think you can use cards like Overload Script for in game setups. Hadron Collider is really good. Um, Boom Grenade, obviously, also very good as well. So um, you just have to make sure you're setting that up and then penetration script those those are the cards in particular that like from an item standpoint i'm looking for and then i'm trying to chuck them all together and, and build me a max yeah i think that people are currently underrating um how important crank is uh to it's actually very, very if you don't if you're not turning on the weapon like i think you're playing a bad deck uh compared to like a tackle Lawson deck so this is and then i just want to talk about play patterns so if you uh, if you're playing you know three four cut hands and you're going pitch my blue boost my attack so play an on rate card that also takes a card out of my deck then i make my hyper driver and then i'm coming in with my you know my weapon off cranking it if you do that every turn of the game you are going to lose that is not like efficient that is not people will be able to fatigue you they'll block one card on your weapon one card on your um boost attack and they've lost two cards you've lost uh two cards but then they get to come in with their two card hand mm-hmm. right it's it's not particularly great to be honest because you're only presenting you know seven damage but you're losing like i say two two cards out of your deck so i think if that's that's what you're doing every turn that's really hard to get above rate and you you know you're gonna struggle to win the game when the deck on the opposing side is eventually gonna amass like a much better weapon and evos than you um so you have to be able to set up and push push damage Mm -hmm. so crank crank super important for that basically yeah yeah definitely i i mean 
I pretty much, I mean, I agree with you. Like, I, th- I just think like crank, like I said, is critical to the, to the max deck. Like if I think, I think people went into playing max, not following the weapon high enough, highly enough, and just thought that I have a lot of red boost cards. So I'm going to be playing max and I have these boost cards that are, uh, they look like they have synergy with hybrid drivers, but that's not enough. Like max needs to be utilizing the weapon. Um, or it's just, yeah. It, it, it's and have just, ways to win the game as well. Have yeah. ways to finish off damage. How? Like overpower is so good because if Tickler Volson is like getting to an in-game state where they are trading life to set up Evos in the in-game, overpower is the best way to punish that. Overpower the mm. pump, for instance. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> there, there's a part of me with like the Tickler Volson and like uh, yeah, setting up Evos in the in-game versus just like free rolling them off the top is like. Uh, of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm more in the uh, more in the latter category. I want to ask you. And that's like uh, you've, Max, you've got uh, the Tickler Volson deck. Sorry, I want to ask you something with Max though, which is uh, activating the ability. How do you tend to use the hero ability? Do you use it and always crank it? Do you ever use it after um, you have go again and then save it for the next turn? Right, get the value over two turns. Like, how are you utilizing that? Uh, um, I forget the token he creates. It's hyperdriver. Hyper yeah, the hyperdriver yeah. token. How do you find yourself utilizing it most often? Uh, I would say I was finding I was utilizing the hero ability less than most of my opponents okay. i would say just in general i was definitely relying a lot more on crank to kind of set up turns uh but when i was using it, i would say yeah uh a chunk of the time i don't know how much of the time be hard to say but definitely a chunk of the time i was not cranking it like yeah. i would do it I as my smart. last action and, and passing and trying to set up towards these big turns especially if i was hitting towards second cycle and i knew my setup was coming for instance or i had a card that i wanted to arsenal and then set up a big turn for next turn um for instance, and wanted to make sure I could then get that resource for the turn after as well, or use it for something like Galvanize, for instance, when it gets to one counter. So there was like a, there was definitely like a real kind of chop and change. I, I honestly think like Max is one of like, maybe, maybe, maybe it might be the hardest to play. And it feels yes. counterintuitive. Yes. Like it should be the yes. easiest to play, but I actually think it's the hardest to play. You have to, to do so correctly. much math, dude. You actually have to do so much math. Like uh, sometimes when you're trying to map out like uh, the hyperdriver, you know, activating, plus you have like one of the equipments that you can put down. Because like, it's not that clean. Because sometimes when you're boosting cards, you're out of cards and you can't activate the uh, the equipment piece. It's like the arm piece where you can pay a resource and then get two resources. It's kind of like the pseudo Tekla Foundry. Um, there's just a lot that goes on with Max, to be honest. Yeah, and then you're getting resources conditional on if you already boosted. Like, there's a lot of turn mapping. I found yeah. that deck infinitely harder to play than Tekla Vossen. Yeah, well, it's just less fundamental fab. That's why, yeah. <laughs> I think. So we took Dash quickly. Yeah, quickly. Um, I, I want to ask you a question before we lead in, which is, uh, do you feel like... I know you get to play Dash, so it's, maybe it's an unfair question, but how do you feel about the galvanize... Um, the galvanized keyword now because it was one of those things where in the set review we kind of walked it back we're like okay maybe uh you said you had overrated a bit do you feel like it's uh it's more powerful or on par with just having three blocks in your deck or do you think the three blocks are better uh no i think galvanize is better i think you talked me down and i'm sad that i didn't stay <laughs> true to my uh my grades on on galvanize i think galvanize is kind of nutty especially the rares um so ratchet up soup up really good um talk tuned like talk tuned is you know this is a two for six that you can make sure you get overpower on like this is the kind of finisher you want in max pair this with a you know a, a pump to come in for for 10 off of three cards with overpower is exactly what you want so no i i think galvanize especially at the rare slot where these these have um Okay, the galvanized keyword. Okay, the, the rears are nuts because galvanized is also really good, but the galvanized keyword itself is still really good. But you want to make sure if your card... So let's look at something like Infuse Alloy, which is the zero for four oh, yeah. and zero for three. Yeah, yeah, and it blocks two. Like you, if you're going to play this card in your deck and you're 
say it's like the yellow one or the blue one, like you do need to make sure that you can get galvanized value for it to be better than a three block. So a lot of the time this is, and a lot of decks people just throw this in and it's going to be worse than a three block. I will agree on that. But the galvanized keyword is really powerful. And there is oftentimes like, especially if you've got these items that like, you know, you get the, the trigger off them. So something like um, the scripts, and then they're just going to sit around until they die on your next turn. Like these are the cards that you just like, you get to free roll the galvanized trigger on and have a four block. Plus you also already got the ability of the, of the item. Mm, yeah, Even your hyperdriver that's got one counter left on it. Like often that one resource for the two block, you don't need the one resource in your next turn is going to be really, really powerful. So good value anyway. Yeah. One thing I noticed with my max opponents, I felt like they weren't doing enough was, uh, was distributing the hyperdriver, not cranky at distributing it over two turns. Um, Cause when they did that, you know, when they got that effectively free in like the end of a combat chain, it, that felt scary. It was like, okay, now I'm facing this additional resource each turn. Um, and maybe mm-hmm. even on that's, not the turn after, but the turn after that, they have another hyperdriver. They've done the same thing and they're doing two extra resources. That's when it got scary. Um, a card that I really like, you mentioned Infused Alloy. I actually like Infused Titanium a lot. Uh, it's just kind oh, of Oh, that cut's really good. Yeah. It's kind <laughs> yeah. of a, uh, not for the galvanized reason, but I just think that uh, two card seven is pretty good. Um, if you have a couple of these in your deck, it's just like, I'm not blocking with this card. <laughs> like, I like two card seven. Like, I like blocking and then two card you're seven. Awesome player. Yeah, I just yeah, you know, <laughs> I just I just it is good. I, I like it. The galvanize like is super. The galvanize is relevant. Yeah, it's not in, irrelevant. In it's decks not outside and yeah. in tech levels, and you just often it's just to do two card seven in dash and um, max. It's like this good way to play intermediary turns of like just two card seven while you're kind of getting stuff set up or looking for items or whatever. But also sometimes you're like, no, I mean, I just get galvanized value out of this as well, and it's really good. So yeah, it's that card is great. If you mm-hmm. team. I think that card is like, I think we gave it a B already in yeah, in our set review. And I think that card is like a really easy first pickable card in, in this format. I can um, see that for sure. Yeah. I think that, you know, even if you're playing a Sinteca Vossen deck, you just kind of follow the Wounded Bowl um, uh, philosophy, which is you just don't block with this card. <laughs> you know, you just attack with this card, which is not a huge ask. Like, it's pretty reasonable. Um, sure. All right. On to Dash. On to Dash IO. Yeah, I know. That's weird because I feel like a couple of years ago that wasn't Fundamental Fab and now it feels literally infused to every single way I look at anything in this game. It's like... Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dash. Dash. I think Dash is the one I have least experience with. So I'm speaking about this from putting some just like some pools together and um, then I got to play a couple of games but not actually the previous itself. And then also just what my opponents are doing and and what what friends were doing. Um, I think this is going to be the one that people play the least because I think you do, re- it's it's harder to build. Like your pool has to be leaning in this way really particularly, I think. So you, you do really need some good items and items that are powerful. So items like Boom Grenade, um, items like some of the scripts. I think, I honestly really think you need one of the rare items that loop, particularly mm-hmm. Steam Canister or um, Fuel Injector. I think it's really, because then obviously it's, you get the action, the point on your weapon, the counter, and then you can just loop it and, and keep doing that because otherwise you you know you run out of ways to attack with your weapon, run out of items. But if you have these items, obviously you can keep looping them. And then beyond the kind of items piece of it, so looking for these good items, backup protocols are really good, by the way, as well, because um, they just get you back your best cards and also trigger your weapon. So you, they do amazing juice. Like in a, I think we gave that card like a D grade. We're so wrong. Like that card is like minimum, like a C. And I think in a lot of like max, it's like, c plus even and then in dash it's like a b um but beyond that then you are just looking for ways to really efficiently put some some turns together so all of the cards that we just talked about that that trade well you know you talked about infused titanium for instance all the galvanized cards are really good um to trade value 
but then you are looking for you know some ways to potentially push some bigger turns and those can be through boosting um they also can be through overpower same as before mm-hmm. um or just with like setting up some item value that can push damage uh is definitely definitely a way you can do it what do you think about that heuristic that you generally don't want to be activating dash's ability on your opponent opponent's turn you feel that still holds true yeah a lot of the time you're not going to want to be doing that committing an um, entire card but it is once per turn so sometimes it's going to be be correct to do it um how do you feel I about definitely found that cards oh sorry go ahead go ahead go ahead it just reminded me of kano it's often mm-hmm. just a trap to be canoing during your opponent's turn. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, how do you feel about the block cards? Uh, this like um, cards like Teclonetic Force Field. Um, but you know, you mentioned Overpower being really powerful. How do you feel about a card like that? This Mechanologist block card. Um, you know, I mean, I think they're really good. I, I think Firewall is obviously the the really good one, right? Yeah. The the zero four, but Force Field's great. Um, I think that's the kind of card that like Ticklevosson's going to want to have in its deck somewhere against Overpower in the late game, for instance. Like I had one of my sealed deck of Ticklevosson, it just felt so good to just hold that, you know, like cycle it or hold it into the late game, for instance. Obviously, it's harder because they are it's red, right? But um, well, the the good ones are red anyway. Mm-hmm. But even like the blue ones, right? Because you can block it means you can block with two cards yep. because it's not it's the only cards that aren't actions or equipment or both um, is really important. So, you know, like the blue galvanized one, for instance, can do some really important stuff late game where your opponent's like, okay, you're on six. Here's my nine power um, overpower card. You're like, okay, well, I'll block with my blue card for two or three um, or even one and then my card for three and survive. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting, I think. Yeah. Okay. I, I just want to end with, I think that Dash, <laughs> and with a little spice pissing people off. I think Dash IO is the weakest here on Sealed. Um, by quite a margin for a few reasons. Not that if you have the busted dash deck that you can't win uh, or that it can't be powerful, but I think that you are jumping through the most hoops and you're incurring the most risk when deck building in order to play a dash deck. And I think that it's dras- It's in a sense quite a bit outclassed by the power floor of a deck like Teclavasen, which is not running zero block item cards um, and which is not trying to do anything, not at least not much synergy based, even max like the floor deck of that, I think is really tough for a lot of dash io decks i think that the ceiling on dash io it's definitely there I've, they can do some busted stuff but ultimately i think that that is the hardest hero to build and uh you know probably the weakest overall it reminds me of lexi and tales varia sealed like you really had to open a particular seal yeah, it was good in draft, yeah 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 Which might be the case really here. draft I, I think so there's also just lasting on dash is like the evo data mine Evo battery pack, cog spitter, and charging rods. Um, the zero for two at yellow mm-hmm. uh, equipment line is really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How do you find uh, how do you find Evos in non Teclavasen decks? Are you playing them uh, consistently? Um, well, those in particular are really good in dash. I think those those are the premium ones. And then just some of like the block value ones are fine because you are able to kind of especially ones that cost two because you can pay pitch your blue, pay one for your item. Pay two for your, you know, one for your zero cost item. Pay two off the top. Pay two for your your um, equipment and still be able to do an attack because you got the extra action point. So mm-hmm. I quite like the two cost ones and the, the, the zero cost line. The three cost ones are a lot more awkward though yeah. in Dash, for instance. And then in Max, like, honestly, like the instant one that kind of like gives you the, the instant arms that can give you like mm-hmm. a plus one attack is like really good for um, like combat tricks. 
But otherwise, like, Evo is not something I'm particularly excited about. Then. Well, let me tell you about one that's fucked in Max. And it's called Evo Atom Breaker. It's a Majestic. It says, if you have oh, a base geez. chest equipped, transform it and X hyperdrive is control to this. Then equip this. If you do, the next time you result damage, prevent twice of X of damage. Well, I'll tell you, you don't really do the first part because you block with some Battle Warden 1 if you've opened it. But here you go. Whenever you boost, you may... <clears throat> what? You may destroy a card under this if you do gain two resources. So... Uh, my uh, my max opponent got four resources out of this card. It was absolutely freaking disgusting. Plus the battle one equipment, which they put under this after, before combat yeah. chain resolution. Holy shit! That in limited was just like that was just ridiculous. It was absolutely crazy. I think one thing um, we circle back to limited review. Um, we didn't add a lot of nuance in terms of you know how to rate like each Evo, like what you know they were kind of were all of a similar grade. Um, I think it's hard. It would have. It was hard without context. But uh, what do you feel, in your opinion, Hayden, are the most powerful evos? Like, which one are you, you know under the majestic slot are you trying to open? I was gonna say, yeah. Look at the arms. Obviously, you have to have like hyperdrive and non tokens in place. I know so. they're so dude. Just like they are bombs. Like, I mean, I just could not believe yeah. the amount of value my opponent got off this single card. Um, it was just absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Must be nice. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there's no, there's no one answer. I think it's super contextual on the hero. Like that's the thing. Um, I think people are maybe overlooking the the sentry base uh, pieces, the ones that are both base and um, non-base. What is that? Like the evos and bases at common, the rear line that costs two. I think those are particularly good in both dash and, of course, Declavosin. But yeah, I don't know. Like. I don't think there's any particular one. I mean, the ones that impressed me the most, like, were the instant ones. I thought they were going to be only okay, and um, they were they were a lot better than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, there was. I feel like there was something that my, my opponent did that allowed them to play Evo Atom Breaker at instant speed as well. I just can't remember what card it was, um, unless they cheated. But I don't think they did. I think there was <laughs> there's another piece of the puzzle that I'm missing there. But yeah, that card is crazy. Um, but you mentioned I didn't like, particularly like the like smooth bore engine room ones the yellow ones the rare ones they, they were fine they, and they're definitely uh good in tickle boss but like and they block three which is block fine three, but for yeah. instance like i saw people like playing them in their max deck and i was like oh, i don't know if this is yeah. what you want to be doing here i think this is a waste of a card slot in your deck. these cards are great for uh scrapping um i mean scrapping oh for sure yeah yeah, yeah. No, that, that's card, that's really the thing is the scrapping these in tickle boss and evo based stuff felt really good um like the reds yeah. Because those are just, I mean, it's just so much block value. And um, yeah, I mean, the ones that I opened the most of were the Evo, Datamine, Battery Pack, Cogspitter, uh, those ones, um, the zero cost. I loved Cogwork Base Arm and Max. That was probably one of my standout yep. equipment yep. to just be like, okay, attack, attack. And then the turn where they only have one card left to block my uh, weapon. Oh, okay, pay one, come in for four, get the trigger. Yep, Mechanologist Attack well. does include the weapon. Yep. All right. Hayden, I think that concludes our our thoughts on sealed. Um, I just wanna I just wanna hop into draft real quick. I, wanna, I mean, draft is something that can I ask it. you one question before okay, draft yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to ask you just an overall thought on this limited like design of the sim. Uh, like sealed or how do you want? Yeah, to no, just just the just the design in general. So there's this being a one class set, mm -hmm. and there being some redundancy in cards, or at least perceived redundancy what is your take so far on justice being a monoclass format and do the heroes and the cards that you want in the heroes feel different enough or do you think you need to reserve judgment until you've judged the drafts so 
the I think the path where I diverge from you a bit in terms of living the deck building and choices that I think that it is eighty twenty you know eighty twenty baby eighty twenty correct to literally just crack shuffle play your packs and then take out yellows and items most of the time like oh, I think that you will have playable decks in Max you have playable decks in Teclavasen uh, and when it comes to dash I mean you just kind of switch some of the methodology there right like you're just cutting more yellows and adding more items in I think a lot of the time um, but dash of course is a balance of like how many items you play etc uh, yeah I think that if you look at this set. And you look at the additional rules that were added onto it, where it's 30 card minimum, 40 card maximum. I think that that feels more like a an ad hoc kind of design flaw to an extent. I think if that was the rule for sealed going forward, it would make more sense. But that being the sort of additional layer that is not normal to flesh and blood sealed, but exists in the set feels a bit weird to me. I think that I would have preferred the set to, you know, maybe exist without that additional ruling that you have to be reminded of. Cause you know, fast forward like a year, you know, six months, year, two years, people pick up these packs. They want to play limited. It's like, oh yeah, there's a special little rule for that format. I think that felt a little weird for me. It's a, it's a change. Yeah. It's, a, it's a sealed. Oh, it's, it's a change. Oh, it's permanent. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that, that okay, I want that change. That okay, that changes how I thought. I thought it was just for the. I didn't know if it was just for the center is moving forward, but that that makes more um, sense. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong in the no, comments, I but totally I, I'm wrong. pretty sure that that snuck that in as a, a change to. Um, I will say that some of the crit- critiques of the set that you see on Twitter with some of the you know maybe homogeny between cards because they do look similar, right? They're both two for five. One is ability. One doesn't. They have boost. Um, I don't think that that's a fair critique of the limited format or the design of the format. And I think ultimately, although it is a single class format, uh, the different decks are drastically different. I do find myself when I don't have the Evos for Teclavasen, I do think that that is usually a max deck. Like uh, that will just kind of become mm. a max deck more often than not. Um, but I do think you are making decisions between which hero you want to play. That being said, I do think that sometimes the decision is overshadowed by how powerful Teclavasen with Evos can be. I do think that Evos are the most powerful thing, and especially when you're banishing them and playing them and scrapping them and playing them. I think that is the strongest thing you can do in Sealed. There are going to be power levels that exceed that in both Dash and Max if you have the the absolute nuts of cards, but overall, um, Evos seem like they have too much modality for me. Like what's what's the there's not a lot of downside, Hayden. You can block with them, yeah. you can banish them, you can scrap them, and you can get a bonus. It's like that that whole concept just breaks the paradigms of a lot of the other cards that exist in the set where that you're jumping through hoops and you're not jumping through hoops there. Okay. Not really the question I asked, but that's fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I got lost, you know? Sometimes no, no, I, I, I think, start talking, I, I think, get dizzy, and then who knows? You, <laughs> I got, black you just out. get so excited about Ticklevosen, I think. You know, no, I, I guess, and, and you did kind of answer it a little bit at the start, which is just, I just wanted your kind of view on, I guess, like. It's as good as it gets, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just kind of, you know, this 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 homogeny of cards and, like, do they feel different enough? And I, I, I agree with you on Seal. I think, you know, you're going to Ticklevosen, you're going to max, you're very rarely going to dash. Um, but. Looking forward to, to draft. It's going to be really interesting to see how different... I felt, so my take from the seal format of the weekend is that I was pleasantly surprised to a degree on like how important certain cards felt. I thought that... I think that was like there was a lot of cards that felt like they were more or less important, less good, worse, for instance, or better in, in certain decks, certain heroes than others. I wanted to... I was hoping to see a bit more of a um, spike of that. I think it felt like, you know, if we use our grading, for instance, it's like some cards... In a certain deck for like a C minus, they never felt like it maybe a B minus on the decks. I really wanted some cards that were like 
amazing in some heroes, mm. but just like utterly unplayable in others. And I yeah. don't think those particularly existed. And that's what I was really hoping for when I talk about the just the homogeneity of the format and the kind of solo class format. And that might be different in draft. We might see that, right? I did talk about hyperdriver, for instance, feeling kind of, you know, as Brendan Patrick would say, ass in uh, in um, in Tickle Boston, but really good in Max, for, you know, like insane in Max. So it's, and even Dash. Hydro Collider so. as well kind of falls under that in terms of uh, in a Max. And how did you feel about the the bottom right hand corner and how that played into what cards you were putting into your deck. You know, this is, this is, I think this is a more fair critique that people, but this might honestly, for people listening, this might be a critique you're going to have for flesh and blood sets forever yeah. in yeah, perpetuity forever. in the future, because I'm sorry, but the collective flesh and blood mind has just woken up to how powerful just strict numbers are unconditional, right? Like there's conditional numbers where you have to jump through your hoop, like plus four in your defense, but there's also just blood. So Hayden, your thoughts, how did you feel about the bottom right hand, uh, the number in the bottom right hand corner and how it sort of influenced your, your deck building on what cards went into your deck? Um, I just want to do this one quickly, I think. I think it depends on, again, what hero you're playing. I think if you're just looking at the bottom right-hand corner and you're playing anything other than Tekla Vossen, you're in for a bad time. Uh, even if you're playing Tekla Vossen, you you still might be in for a bad time. Like, if you're just putting yellows in your deck that block three, yeah. like, if you're not blocking them for three, they're going to do absolutely trash all. And if, you, I don't know, if I'm seeing my opponent playing all these bad yellow block threes, I'm going to make sure I take advantage of, like, my turns and, and you know, make sure I'm, like, using, like, setup turns and things like that to punish them for playing these bad cards because they play them offensively. They just they just suck. Um, well, not all of them, obviously, but there's just there's, there's an element of that. Um, so the bottom right hand matters to a degree, but I think the text on the card and the overall composition of your deck, like, this is a synergy format, and I think we're going to see that a lot more in draft. It's harder in sealed because, you you know, you get what you open. There's four packs as opposed to the three packs, and you get to pick what you, you want mm-hmm. to a degree. Um... Yeah, I just think the bottom right corner might be a little bit overstated yeah. this first one, weekend. One last question. I know you said you're going to do a quick. <laughs> How often do you find that the cards that you're cutting are yellow cards? Do you, Is that what uh, makes up yeah. most of the cards that are getting taken out of your deck? Yeah, for sure. It is, it is. I would agree with you on that. But there is good yellow cards I want to make sure are in my deck. So if they're synergistic or they have a way that I can combine them with another card sorry synergy i guess but or they have like things like overpower on them for instance like those those cards are gonna stay in my deck but yeah if it's like a yellow boost card for instance like i probably don't want that it doesn't have any particular synergy with what i'm trying to do with the rest of my deck like yellow boost cards for the most part seems kind of kind of a bad seal yeah and i feel like uh, the 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 issue or i guess the pain point of yellow cards is just it's a lot more palpable in this format than it is in other formats because you have less choice in other formats mm-hmm. um where you know you might be more you're more sort of pigeonholed to a specific hero and you just have to play those yellow cards in this in this format it does feel like you because you have more cards every card is playable the cards you're usually subbing out are yellows and just by design yellows and flesh and blood tend to be they're the worst of all worlds right they're usually not as good as the blue counterparts or red counterparts. All right, Hayden, draft. Give me, give me your thoughts on where you think the format will land um, for Bright Lights draft. What heroes you think will be powerful? Do you think that we're going to see a an echo of Monarch draft here, where the very powerful deck in sealed, you know, very powerful floor deck in sealed like Prism, um, but in this case, Teclavlossin, will sort of persist over to the draft format. And how do you see the other two heroes landing as well? Oh, this is so hard. I know. <laughs> this, this format being solo class makes it really hard to evaluate, I think, because we just don't have anything to base this off. So I think, you know, this is going to be some really top-level stuff, I think, to end the pod here on on first thoughts on draft. I'm going to have a lot more thoughts next week after doing a couple of drafts this weekend. Um, haven't been out of draft so far. 
until we get hands on the set. But I, I think, I think to a degree, there's a risk that that could happen. My, I think the reason why it might not happen, like we've seen in Monarch with Prism, is that the fundamental kind of like power level of the cards you put in your deck aren't above rate. So there is this Evo game plan and you have this kind of like work towards of your weapon. But like fundamentally the problem with like, I think Prism and Draft was like, so many of the cards you put in your deck were just overrate. Mm -hmm. And then you also had these kind of bommy cards that were reminiscent of Evos. A card like Red, Red Prismatic Shield, for instance, is reminiscent of what the Evos can kind of do with like the, you know, the right setup. Um, but then you also had Heralds, right? And you had Spares of Surreality and you had, you know, these kind of cards as well. Plus you had generics. You could just put good generics in your deck. You don't have that in the set. So it feels a bit different, but you know, I guess it's really going to come to how many Evos at the table, what that kind of looks like, what cards people can put in their max and dash decks. I think basically what it's going to come down to for me is like, if we're sitting at a level right now and Teklavossen is like, what's the difference between the sealed Teklavossen and the draft Teklavossen decks versus the draft max and dash decks and the sealed max dash decks and i think the delta between the max and dash decks sealed to draft is going to be a lot higher mm -hmm. like they're going to get significantly better the tickle boss deck i think is going to get better to what degree i i think it's going to be smaller and also the other thing is like you're going to get 45 cards in this uh sorry yeah uh, no three there's 42 cards in this right you're not really gonna be able to play 40 cards like you can in sealed and is that a good thing or a bad thing like is i i don't think it's going to play out the same way like people's mm. decks are going to be fundamentally more powerful so is fatigue still gonna be a thing yeah it's I, different as my second as my follow-up question well was, boost uh, boost yeah. is still relevant right so it's a yeah. little bit different to monarch where it's like yeah and sealed fatigue could have been kind of relevant or even in tails but in draft a little bit different right so yeah. it's a really tough one i'm interested to see how fatigue and um just high these sort of high value strategies right uh these the consisting of a lot of block three cards blue and red cards and then you know your your two card sevens if those strategies like the players that really force that maybe get up to that 38 40 40 playable cards that are you know blocking for three they're attacking for reasonable values if they are just out trading the opponents that are that are, that were left with like five items, or maybe they're also maybe they're playing dash, or maybe they're playing max. Because I do think that it's very possible that you know there will be a player or a couple of players at the pod that end up with a lot more playable cards than others, or at least you know there's going to be a tech of awesome that has three blue items in their deck. It depends if people are playing thirty or playing more, but I think there will be some 38, 40 card decks floating around, and you're going to need strategies to beat that. Well, it's draft. They you, there's tons of evasion in the set. There's overpower, um, evil upgrade stuff like that. So yeah, I'm really interested to see how the draft format lands, especially in the context of how many cards are going into your deck. Yep. The other thing I want to point out is um, three hero versus four hero. Mm -hmm. And I think this going back to three hero draft is going to be very interesting into the dynamic of what that draft looks like. I think three hero draft sets are just more interesting in terms of the dynamic between how many people end up in each hero. I I don't find it. I think in theory, I was always like four feels better. You know, the two, two, two split feels really good. But let's be honest, like the heroes aren't always balanced right like there's always some degree even if it's a small degree of like which heroes play easier or uh draft better for instance um so i like that split i think that makes it more interesting i think that and especially in a mono class format where there's homogeny but there is also you know cards that you do want a particular decks items for dash for instance uh hyperdriver interaction and crank interaction for max um i think it's gonna be really interesting to see where that kind of split lands my first 
gut instinct is people are going to come off the back of sealed and you're going to see mostly like three and four tickle Boston. But I think a lot of draft pods are going to be like three max, three tickle Boston, two dash all the time. And it's going to be interesting to see if that split, what that looks like really. I think just kind of to close out, maybe we can just like talk about some of like the the cards that we're looking to, to pick up early. You know, if you're trying to stay open in this format, which is what I think I'm going to do early on. Like mm. I think Evo's are good and I will like look to take some early, but like I only want the ones that are good in two decks, I think. Like I'm not just gonna blindly take an Evo early pick, right? Because especially if it's one that is only good in Tickle Boston, I think. Whereas, you know, the ones that are good in so the instant ones or the the two cost yellow ones that are good in both Tickle Boston and Dash slash um Max I'm into. But what I'm really like looking at is some of these like galvanized cards that have good payoff or um some of the items that go into every deck maybe something like a, a backup protocol um i'm looking at cards that uh just like a good rate you know your wounded bulls the format your your titans the the galvanized titan mm-hmm. the hydraulic press junkyard dog like these are the kind of the cards soup up i think in particular these are kind of the cards i'm yeah. looking at earlier big bertha big bertha you know like and it's just very uncommittal yeah, Beth is fine it's fine right it's just uh, i mean it depends how open you're trying to stay um yeah but, like i'd rather take a card that has more upside like a junkyard dog for instance oh yeah for sure i mean i think that, yeah junkyard dog is maybe or just scrap better hamster. Yeah, I'm trying to think if like infused titanium is just strictly better, even though it doesn't have the possibility of the go again. Um, well, it's not even the possibility. It's like it's just like there. It's like a two for six, but then in a deck like Tickle Boston or you know um, a deck like Dash, you know, you just get this crazy scrap value as well. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really, really interested to see where the power level of Dash IO lands, um, because I think what would make it not interesting is if dash is just not a good deck because it gets run over by max and gets outvalued by tackle Vossen. and then we end up in a format where you know there might be one dash player but then the rest of the items are just kind of these they're like the the throwaway cards for the max decks and the tackle Vossen decks to get left with them on the last the last picks of the pack i don't think that's where mm-hmm. it's going to land but that's that's my that's my sort of like let's go see weekend one i want to see where dash io lands because that makes the I format wanna- more interesting I kind of just want to go into my first draft and just force dash. <laughs> yeah. And just like, and just, yeah, but I'm drafting with Sasha. So on, on Sunday. Sasha's so, a really know. nice, friendly card game player that. Uh, yeah, but he's obsessed with dash. So yeah. he'll probably do the same. Nah, he will. He's going to draft Tekla Lawson. He thinks it's broken. He's, he's totally like. Sell out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's on the power level of some other things that have been, that have transitioned from sealed to, uh, to draft performance it's just the the modality of evos is it nothing in my opinion compares not in terms of like nothing can be as powerful or there aren't decks that can compete with it but there aren't other cards in the set that just do all of those things so well where it's like mm-hmm. you block with it it's great you free roll it you banish it it's great you free roll with it you block it then you scratch it. it's just like ugh. and you can still play from hand it's like what the hell <laughs> we can do literally everything with these um I do think overpower cards are obviously really high on the pick list as well. Like I'm probably, you know, if I see a good overpower, red overpower card at pack on pick one, I'm probably snapping. Yeah, I think that is a strategy that's going to shine through in draft that was more of a sort of secondhand thing in sealed where it's like if you had the overpower card, maybe that was part of your win condition, maybe it wasn't, um, but it wasn't like your primary game plan where in draft you could really sort of second cycle for the primary game plan there. We'll see. Cool. Anyway, Evo Upgrade, I think, is going to get a lot better, too. <laughs> Those cards are so broken. Yeah. I mean, Liquid Cooled yeah. Mayhem, like, what the fuck? It's crazy. Oh, I, I think Artillery is the... It's, it's the it is. It is. Artillery is is the busted one. Because, I mean, you talk about the floor of Artillery, it's like, that's just a good card. Like, the floor of Artillery is a good card, and then the ceiling is like, uh, yeah, 
unblockable six almost. Anyway, Hayden, anything else to close out with for the week? No, there's going to be a lot of thoughts, I think, and just need to get some hands on cards. Um, I'm also trying to play Classic Instructor to get ready for Taipei next weekend. Yeah, um, probably playing Jeremiah. Well, probably. I mean, I really wanted to play a mech deck, to be honest. Uh, I think dash, like base dash, just OG dash is, is really good with the upgrades of cards like Twin Drive, etc. There's some other good upgrades for you to play as well. Um, but love to play, you know, like a, a dash IO, for instance, but um, I don't think that's happening. So there's like an outside chance I play dash. Otherwise, yeah, I'm probably just, just defaulting, to be honest, to Jeremiah. But. All right. Well, let us know what you think of the format. Um, in the YouTube comments below. Interested to hear your thoughts on how you think that this will transition from sealed into draft. I mean, sealed is sort of a temporary format. I mean, we'll see if we see more callings with sealed and then, you know, then draft in day two. But ultimately, the way we evaluate a limited set in flesh and blood is via the draft experience. So let us mm-hmm. know how you think <clears throat> Bright Lights will transition into that. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast on audio platforms, there's a video version on YouTube, on YouTube at youtube.com slash Arsenal Pass. Uh, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Spotify helps us out the most. Number one thing you can do for Arsenal Pass if you're a fan. Um, and of course, you can hit like, subscribe on YouTube. Um, other than that, we're on Twitter, BrendanAPG, Fian underscore Dale. And we will see you all next week.